Now we have to fucking talk about racing. We're going to watch a car race, Michael. It's when nerds try and be cool. I think you've done brilliantly. Good podcasting. <laughs> Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Thanks so much, everybody. We're coming I'm to you a live wonderful from, time from my birthday. We're at Max Verstappen. We're at Max Verstappen's we birthday are at party. Max Verstappen's birthday. Happy twenty sixth birthday! Oh, thank you so much to guys, the for soon coming. to be three time Formula One world champion Max Verstappen. Um, he it, we, we, he very kindly invited us to his birthday. We're well, it's such, such a I pleasure say, to be we've here. Snuck isn't it? We've snuck in. We're not really, but it's been pretty interesting watching the party unfold. Did you did you clock his present opening? There was lots of good presents being opened. Uh, what was your favourite present that Max got? The the, the jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the the severed fingers from his dad. The severed fingers from his dad. His dad took his dad took a finger of every other Formula One drive. <laughs> well, the severed fingers. I, I suppose they'll make the jigsaw puzzle. That, that's we're talking about the same present, I think. Yeah, it was because the jigsaw, jigsaw puzzle, puzzle of a hand, wasn't it? Of fingers. It was a fo- It was the. The, the quintessential Formula One hand. Every every and you, so I have a Grosjean thumb. Yeah. And uh and uh and and a Magnuson pinky. index. Okay. Pinky. I think every year that Max wins he should get a different finger from his from Yoss, a different severed gangster mafiosa finger. Do you think he wakes up with it in the bed <laughs> with him in the morning? <laughs> um I looked up Dutch birthday traditions because mm-hmm. Listen, we come to Dirty Air Podcast for all the facts about Formula One that we bestow upon our listeners. But you also come here to learn things, Mm. don't you? You come here to be educated, not just about Formula One, but about the world and about a sense of global community. And let's let's learn things about other cultures. Are the Dutch birthday traditions as spicy as the Dutch Christmas traditions? Then (laughs) there's no blackface, if that's where you were going with it. Um, I mean, that is the the spiciest of all mm. the Dutch. Schwarze Piet. Schwarze Piet. In, in, the, Piet. in Das Nudeland, um, Santa has a little helper, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And it's just a blacked up guy. I don't think he's blacked up. Yeah, it's a white... It's Well, they can't really... They've gotten a lot of trouble with it over recent years. I think years. The, the original guy is black and everybody dresses up as him. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Yeah, Santa essentially had a... Let's call him a worker. Yeah, um, who did all the heavy lifting for Santa? Mm-hmm. Put all the t- carried all the toys, and then if kids were naughty, parents would. This is where it gets a. If, if it wasn't if already, it wasn't already questionable, bad. then the parents go, "Well, if you're naughty this year, you don't go on the naughty list. It's it's Black Pete's going to come and fuck you up. Basically, mm-hmm. he's going to come around and haunt you." Yeah, and every year, some poor Dutch politician has to come out and go, "No, Schwarzer Pete, it's not racist. It's a tra- it's a tradition." Yeah, and his name is Schwarzer Pete, which the 
the translate. They didn't it's even try. Pete. Yeah, they didn't even try to hide it with the name. Mm. Like they could have called him like Wholesome Pete. The uh, weirdly, Schwarzer always stays the same, and it's it's only Pete or Piet or Peter that changes. Yeah, that's quite changeable. What is not changeable? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so here's the th- so for a Dutch birthday party. Okay. Um, everyone close to you is congratulated. So basically, you're meant to text the parents on the son's birthday and say well done to the parent. Well, we were at my um, son's birthday yesterday, and I received no congratulations from no. you. But I imagine that makes Jos quite happy. To be congratulated. On his son, yeah. Well, I think Congrats that's how your seed, Jos. Jos lives his life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. very much... Nobody's congratulating Jos Verstappen because of his good Formula One driving, are they? No. He set himself on fire and stabbed someone with a fork. So I don't know if he's... Yeah. I mean, he's fucked both of those up, isn't it? Because what you want to do is set somebody else on fire and stab somebody with a knife. <laughs> but he stabbed somebody with a fork. But a fork is good for... Wrong utensil. Birthday cake. That's It's a good utensil for birthday cake. So it all ties up to birthdays. And then here's the other thing. A Dutch... Uh, when it's your birthday, you must host your own party. A typical Dutch birthday party includes tea and cake and afterwards some sort of meal... Although duchies, I don't know if that's offensive or not, but I assume it's not to call someone a duchy, um, prefer to serve pies or local tarts. Don't make any jokes. Okay. Um, you will typically serve your guests in a circle during the tea. So they all sit in a circle mm-hmm. during the party. And at the table, there is no help yourself option since the birthday person is expected to serve and provide and to pay for everything. Ah. Bit of a stitch up, that, isn't it? The birthday person is meant to pay for everything. Yeah. I think that's pretty good because one of my pet hates is when it's someone's birthday and then I have to buy stuff for them. So if I'm going to go to your thing, at least pay for the meal. So I think the Dutch have got that right. Yeah. What did you... I don't think we celebrated your birthday this year, did we? No, I'm not much of a birthday guy. But then I don't have two Formula One World Championships. I reckon if I did, I'd be far more willing to celebrate myself every year. I think that's what birthdays do is that they... The reason why I don't like my birthday is it's sort of a, a a magnifying glass over the failures in my life. Yeah. Uh, and every single sense of my failure is emboldened by getting one year closer to death. Death. Yeah. And then also you have to open your gifts immediately with everyone in front of you, which I think for Max Verstappen is quite funny. And then you're meant to bring treats to your co-workers as well. So he's meant to go into the paddock this weekend and give all of his engineers a gift. A sugar lump. Yeah. But I think the gift, I think his gift is winning everything by five minutes. Mm. He's already given Red Bull the best present that he could possibly provide for them, which is eclipsing every single person. He, Max Verstappen is so good at Formula One that no one's watching. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that a shame? Can you imagine that? Michael Jordan didn't stop people watching the NBA. Yeah, but I get the feeling that there was. It, it, he's not the first time. It's not the first time that uh, a procession victory has bored people off the spectacle no. that they were previously engaged. No, with. Lewis and Shumi did that quite well. And I think you know Paris in like destroying the French league, Paris Saint Germain. Yeah, uh, there's other examples. There are probably other examples, but I think that I think that Max is. Um, uh, you know that Formula One social media um, has plummeted this year. A report came out this week, which I'm sure most people have heard by now. But 
um, less people are searching. There was, um, I think, a 70% drop in mentions of Formula One from January to, to May this mm-hmm. year compared to last year. Yeah. Which makes sense because there was all the con- controversy around Michael Massey. And a lot of the search words for Formula One this year have been about ne- have been negative words. I do think not, you'll not get a natural drop off. The explosion, it's like we've had, Drive to Survive was the shit at the wall. Mm. And right now, the shit at the wall that was going to become unstuck is becoming unstuck. And we're left with the, there was always going to be a downward, everybody who got into Drive to Survive or Formula One because of Drive to Survive, not all of them are going to stick around for years and years and years. Mm. So especially as it gets more and more, dull because of the procession like victories of Max Verstappen you'll see them start to drop off but I think even if it was exciting that was always going to happen you weren't going to retain the the entirety of the audience that you enticed with Drive to Survive were you? No and also it's hard to stay excited like Singapore has been the only genuinely riveting race this year and it was absolutely brilliant it's so good, isn't it? When I, w- I don't even care that Max wins. This is the thing. is like I, I, We've been getting some criticism on the old uh, reviews recently. Um, and I don't... W- this isn't a pro-Lewis Hamilton podcast. I don't care who wins. I don't even mind Max Verstappen winning. I just mind him winning by 40 seconds. Yeah. If he won by one second every race, and you don't... Like, if, if every race was like Singapore, where you don't know who's going to win on the last lap... Yeah. And you're sat there swearing in your chair mm. and you can't even eat your quinoa, um, sour cream and onion chips. Right. Um, because <laughs> I don't know why that was the thing, but that, that makes it an, um, Singapore was so good and it wasn't because Red Bull sucked. It's because I didn't know who was going to win. Yeah. It's, I, it's, it's, it's absolutely vital, isn't it? Not to know exactly what's going to happen before it's happened. Yeah. For the enjoyment of the spectacle of like a, a sport, a competition, a key ingredient for watching a competition and have it be exciting is people competing. Mm-hmm. It is, it's the, it's the majority of the word, isn't it? Yeah. Competition to have people competing. Uh, and that's been sorely missed. Um, Speaking of competing, Apple are competing for the rights of... Do you know Apple? You know that brand? They make um, phone books and Beatles albums. Oh, okay. Uh, They are competing for the rights, a $2 billion bid. Okay. Which is funny to me because Apple are making a Formula One movie. Mm -hmm. And it's the most expensive way of advertising your Formula One movie is to buy the sport that you're making the movie about. But two billion pounds isn't loads of money to these companies. No. It's like when like Amazon buying the rights to the football. They don't need the football. No. It's just like it's just like it's it's just they're just putting on some tighter trousers. Yeah, I imagine Apple were like, hey we should look into buying it and someone went, it's two billion dollars and they went, is that all? Yeah. Because that's they're gonna that, make that, that one even, from the new iPhone alone. That won't touch the sides. No. Um, but it did get me wondering. So, what's going to happen if would Drive to Survive stay on Netflix, and then they, they'd be competing as streaming services? There's a good question. Yeah, I reckon Netflix. I'd be interested to know, and of course, nobody knows who watches what on Netflix because they're very secretive about who watches what on mm. Netflix. 
because nobody watches anything on Netflix. <laughs> and if anybody knew that, the value of the company would go absolutely through the floor. But what <laughs> Netflix know that we don't know, but we kind of know if we interrogate it, is that we've actually seen everything on Netflix, haven't yeah. we? We've seen, ev- we've seen everything that Every we want to watch. Every single thing. I've even watched that Zac Efron documentary where he goes around with his Eating food. funky mate and yeah. like discovers that carbs are good for you. If Zac Efron was going to play a Formula One driver, who would he play? Mm. I mean, it's obviously a Haas driver, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's a Hass actor. <laughs> yeah, but that it? seems incredibly unfair. Given everything I just said about him, and well, it's how an American team. Keen, I am on Zac Efron. He would play a good team principal. I think he'd make a good. He'd also make a good Mercedes driver. He'd make a good Jos Verstappen. He's too young. No, he could do a good Jos. And Jos, uh, the early years. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The Jos biopic. Yeah. Um, Who plays old? Don't touch my fork. But anyway, Max, happy birthday, Max Verstappen. Um, what do you think the most thoughtful present he got was? And who do you think it was from? Um, like, because I imagine if you're Max Verstappen and you're raised to be this sort of demolition man, ruthless kind of fighter, it must be quite overwhelming to get a really thoughtful present. And it must make your, your short circuit a little bit to get something so nice. I think it's from Kelly Piquet's daughter. Okay. I think she like made him something like a pillowcase with his face on it that was like, I love you, daddy. Yeah. And it just, and he just, and he's so touched by it. Or he completely disregarded that, couldn't give a shit about it. And um, like Joss on his way to go and see Max on his birthday, picked up from the counter a kind of wrench or a bit of duct tape or something. And then he went, there you go. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. <laughs> and Max just spontaneously burst into tears. Jos wasn't at his party. And, well, I, that fucks with... I was, okay, whatever. <laughs> but Jos wasn't there. Well, where was he? I don't know. But it makes... that's Some people DM'd us saying, here's the picture of Max's birthday and Jos wasn't there. Mm. But to me, that makes sense because he's the paddock daddy. I'm the paddock daddy. The daddy at the paddock. Because, like, he goes to work with his son. He doesn't go to recreational activity. If anything, he actively discourages recreational activities with his son. Mm. It's like he, he probably texts his son on his birthday going, don't forget you've got a race next weekend, you fuckhead. And you're 26 years old. Now, how many good years do you think you've got left? Mm. In you? How many? You're 26. Matt, Lewis Hamilton won his first championship a year younger than you did. The terrifying thing is, he, by the looks of things, by the looks of Fernando Alonso, Max Verstappen has 14 good years <laughs> ahead of him. How harrowing is but that? But he can't have a good car for fo- like the. This is the thing that people forget about watching. A Imagine doc- if he had a good car for the next fourteen years. It can't happen. It would kill the sport. Yeah, like, Formula One would have to begrudgingly start disfavoring. <laughs> Matt, hey Max, really sorry, but we have to give you a ten second penalty. How long could we continue with Max Verstappen and Red Bull winning every another year? three years? Do you think it would be another three years of? I don't think we could continue. No, because in, in the past, when they went, oh my God, Lewis is winning, the FIA went, you know, it doesn't matter. No one's watching. Nobody cares. But now, it's, if Max keeps winning, it's going to financially ruin Formula One. Oh. He can't keep, like, they can't have, the FIA must be, or Liberty Media must be panicking because they've gone, oh my God, we've built this huge empire. They've got the Vegas race coming up and everyone's going to be, like you two are already in Las Vegas doing a residency, Adele's there. They're all going to be at this procession of celebrities. And yet no one's going to give a shit about the race. 
and they don't know how to handle it. They're going to freak out soon. <laughs> they, they've created this monster. Yeah. They have been, they're hoisting themselves by their own petard. Yeah. Um, what do you think Michael Massey sent Max Verstappen for his birthday? I think, I, I think after, was it Abu Dhabi? Mm-hmm. Uh, M- Michael Massey said to Max, okay, that is joint Christmas and birthday, okay? <laughs> for the next three years. <laughs> I just think he sent a little postcard from Abu Dhabi or from like, <laughs> yeah. from the Swiss bunker where he's being kept. Yeah, he's hiding somewhere, isn't he? He randomly appeared on some um, Australian yeah, TikTok video yeah. where they were like, what's your favourite kebab? And he's like, no, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> he just walked past. Someone was just filming people that, like TikTokers do. Hey, you yeah, yeah, in the street. Hey, what's your, what's the best local coffee shop? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> How do you feel about unlapping cars? Shit! <laughs> I think there's a there was a Canadian sitcom uh, drama called Due South. Do you remember that show? No. And in season two, the policeman didn't want to be in it anymore, so they got a new guy in. But the hus- the the Mountie, he gets a uh, postcard, and he has to light a cigarette lighter under the postcard, and then the picture of the postcard disappears, and it's them two arm in arm. Like the heat makes the the actual photo underneath appear. Mm. And I think that's I think Michael Massey sent him a postcard. Just of Abu Dhabi. And then on the back it said, you're welcome. That's nice. And then Max did the cigarette lighter and it appears and it was Michael Massey with a, with a mountain of cash that he'd received from Red Bull Racing to change the rules of that sport in the final five laps. Were you getting lots of messages on Saturday about the Liverpool-Tottenham game? No, but uh, I, oh, our Twitter went off because everyone said it was like, is Michael Massey working for Formula One now? In, for the Premier League. Sorry, yeah, I, I don't know enough about football to know what happened. Yeah. What, what, what was it? It was very much uh, the rules. There was an instance a couple of years ago where Manchester United uh, got a penalty, mm-hmm. but it was after the full-time whistle had been blown. Wow. And then the referee went, okay, you take the penalty. Man United won after the full-time whistle had been uh, blown. But the same thing wasn't, the same benefit wasn't afforded to Liverpool, who scored a goal. And it should have been through VAR, correctly mm-hmm. given, but it wasn't. And they said, oh, we can't because the play started again, even though the president had been set. So by... did they count the goal? No. Okay. So Liverpool scored a goal they just didn't get. Okay. And which in, but it was after the full-time whistle? Uh, it wasn't after the full-time whistle. It was during the game. But because Tottenham had restarted the game, they'd taken their free kick mm-hmm. for the offside that wasn't an offside. They went, oh, we can't bring the play back even though they bought it back after a full time. So the president was set, precedent was set, Manchester United against Brighton when they got the penalty after the full time whistle. Mm-hmm. But they didn't follow that same precedent in this game Okay, to give Liverpool the goal, even after play had restarted. And as a Liverpool fan, how did, how did you feel when that happened? I It's been all I've thought about for the last 36 hours. Even with two of your kids' birthdays this weekend? Yeah, yeah I just, it, was, it was ruined everything. If you could... Have that goal count mm. or keep the memory of your children's birthday party yesterday? Which one would you do? You can't have both. I'm not sure that even without any of this, I'm keeping the memory of that children's <laughs> birthday party. It was fun. We had cake. It was fun and we did have cake. Yeah. But it was in that playground where I've had other children's birthday parties. Oh, so they just mesh. And I think in the fullness of time, these things will uh, yeah, enmesh. Have you thought about being a bastard to one of your kids so that they can become a Formula One 
world champion. The thing about all good Formula One drivers, tennis players, golfers, footballers, mm -hmm. is that you have to, as a parent, make the decision to ruin your child's life. Mm -hmm. And it's so there's there's the, there's the drills that you hear about I'm genuinely serious the drills that you hear about like Max doing when he was a kid like the insane karting regimen that these children get put on weekends Saturdays Sundays racing after school drills fitness balance strength core training the uh, insatiable will to win like drilling these people with this ferocious attitude and the nicer your parents are when you're training to be a Formula One driver, the worse a Formula One driver you're going to be. Yeah, it, it, I, I, I don't. This is why they're all sort of socially slightly bizarre. Same as tennis players. Andre Agassi hated tennis. Dominic Sabozla, the Liverpool midfielder, had his feet put into boots two sizes too small, so his feet wouldn't grow because people think the smaller your feet are, the better your close control on the football is going to be. These people are put through mad things to achieve the level of sporting. Uh, prowess that they achieve so by that logic yeah. does logan Sargent have a very loving relationship because <laughs> yes. i don't know if that's true i don't know if that works he's still made it into formula one he's kept his seat for next year no he yeah, hasn't he has no he hasn't he has i don't believe that apparently it's getting announced this week logan Sargent. i'm and listen listen nobody's more shocked than me if Red Bull are going to continue with this era of dominance. I am all in on keeping Logan Sargent. He's L Logo Sargo. He's the new Gotifi. <laughs> He's the he is the king of Formula One, in my opinion. Which is a more tortured, um, like neologism? Is it Gotifi or I don't know what neologism means. The, the conflation of words. But I like that you said jism. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, what uh, logo Sargo or Gotifi? Yeah, which is well, the more Gotifi tortured. makes sense because he's the goat. Yeah, but, but what Lagoat Sargo. No, but it's it's like saying so. In my opinion, Star Trek Voyager is the best Star Trek series, but it's only the best Star Trek series because of the next generation, mm -hmm. right? It can only exist in canon as a result of the next generation. I prefer Voyager, and I think Logo Sargo is better, but it can only exist because the precedent was set by the beautiful <laughs> Latifi. <laughs> The businessman Latifi, who's who's given up competitive racing. I mean, not that he. That was the funny thing when they said Logan. Uh, um, sorry, when they said Latifi's given up competitive racing to yeah, become a businessman. He did that quite some time ago. <laughs> I was like, he wasn't competitively. <laughs> <laughs> I think the word competitive there is is an incorrect word to use. He stopped driving. Yeah. In in that car. Yeah. <laughs> he bought a new car. But I think Latifi would be a great person to replace um, a Michael Massey. Or he could, you know, like, he's hurt enough that if they made him the head, he would be so conscientious as to the driver's feelings that he would go, well, um, you know, Yuki hasn't won anything for a while, so I think we should, you know, put him on the front this race. And I do think... He would give everyone a chance. I do think that you're onto something in a serious way, because how many of Michael Massey or anybody that works at the Red Bull powertrains... You know the stewards' office. Mm -hmm. The people I know about the stewards' office. Alpha Tauri don't, but carry on. Uh, in the stewards' office, is it ex drivers knocking about in there? I think it's ex drivers who didn't make it to F one. 
Right. Yeah. Because it, it, if it isn't, it should be. And also, if we've got Drive to Survive, you know, like after Friends, we got Joey. Mm-hmm. And after Cheers, we got Frasier. And then mm-hmm. after Frasier, we got Frasier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I think there should be a Drive to Survive spinoff called The Steward's Office that has the theme tune. You know, the, what's the office theme tune? Um, How does it go? Told you you missed school. Do you mean the American the, one? No, the English one. Uh, the handbags and, and the, the glad yeah. bags that you pour over. Our sitcom idea to uh, to create a piece of work centered around Bert Mylander. Bert Mylander. Mylander. Who got his got his uh his steps in, didn't he, during the last race? Finally. <laughs> I would love to see a spin-off show where we get the stewards and we get Bert and they're the main characters. Mm-hmm. Because I don't really care that Lando Norris went golfing again. Mm-hmm. I do care to learn about the stewards' backgrounds and why Max Verstappen never gets a penalty. Like, what happened in that steward's childhood? Mm. Or what happened in the room? Like, when Horner just walks in with, like, a bulge in his pocket. And they're like, oh, Christian, is that a... What is that, a gun in your pocket? Are you just pleased to see me? And he's like, <laughs> pleased to see me. You're implying that I'm around. No, it's a gun. Yeah. And he just pulls well, they out. they say, oh... Christian, are you aroused or are you about to threaten me with a gun? (laughs) It would be a good show. It would be a good show. We've already written the first line. And I think if social media um, engagement is down for Formula One, this is how we can save it. Where you see the actual behind... I've written a few things down as to how how to save Formula One. Right, number one, cancel the races. Nobody cares. Okay. Just get get, get rid of the races. Yeah. Let's just have it as a reality show from this Scripted reality, yeah. yeah. Like Made in Chelsea. Yeah, I like that. Like we can award points, championship points, through Drive to Survive. So if Max Verstappen is willing to eat a raw herring, mm-hmm. he gets 10 world championship points. Okay. You know? I think that would be a really good way. And the other thing I think we could do is look ahead. You know, like all the cars are looking ahead to the 2026 20, regulation change. Mm. If I had limitless money that was suddenly capped like Formula One, Mm. and I, as a Mercedes team, could no longer funnel everything into figuring out what the car's going to be like in 2026, I would clone Max Verstappen in a test tube Mm. and just make like 10 Max Verstappens. Yeah. and Because test tube babies don't really work, do they? So they'd all be a bit off. All of them would be a little bit, uh, you know, like um, ruthless and mental. Okay. So that if you kill one, it doesn't matter. It's just a clone. So and, right, and you want to the... make more like... Because like, we like, wouldn't care about safety if they were cloned. Like Dolly the Max Verstappen. Yeah. And then all the Max Verstappens, they'd be slightly misshapen. Yeah. Uh, slightly demented, slightly off-centre. Yeah. Uh, Watered-down versions of Ma- Max Verstappen. Yeah, and, we, and we, then all of a sudden we could go, you know what, actually we don't need the Halo. <laughs> because we've got yeah. 20 Verstappen clones... And if one conks out, it doesn't matter. Like some point between real drivers and crash test dummies. Yeah. Like the happy medium in yeah. between. Like, like expendable lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think that's a good show. And then we get the spin-off show where we show them making the clones, like mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. Yeah. And like Max hatches out of a out of an egg. Yeah, and then he's, then in this the, little... he's in a kind of turret providing energy to the factory. Yeah. So actually the Red Bull, it, like in the Matrix, it's the... They, he, all Max these, is in these, liquid. Yeah, he's completely bald and has no eyebrows. And all of the power for the Red Bull factory is being... It's Siphoned. being powered by yeah. 
the power the electrical, trains. literally powertrains, the electrical current of Max Verstappen, Max Verstappen's, yeah. And then, and then, and then, there's a little sort of Christian Horner, Doctor Hammond, as Max comes out the egg. Come on, little one, come on. Yes, I've been here for the birth of every little Max on this island. We get, you know, <laughs> I think we've we've saved Formula One. Yeah, somebody needed to. Yeah. Um, also, I wanted to focus very quickly on uh, the. The main thing about the Formula One season as we approach the end of the season, aside from the fact that we get to go back to all the horrible countries, which is a very nice way to bookend the Formula One season, as we start in sort of horrible places and we end in horrible places. Is it all horrible places? For no, but one? we've still got Qatar and Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Oh, we've got to go to Vegas. That's and pretty horrible. Vegas. In terms of, you know, places with blood in the soil. Vegas is going to be an interesting... Um, a really interesting race because I don't think we'll ever see this again where we get more hype and less race. Circuit. We've got United States after Qatar. Yeah. That's going to be good. That's going to be really good. I've been there. I went to the Texas Grand Prix. You did a gig there, didn't you? I saw Kimi win and I did some stand-up, yeah. Oh my God. I saw saw Kimi's last Ferrari win, yeah. Oh, that's cool. It was really good. I I have such a strong, that's so bizarre because I have this, such a strong memory of people who aren't Max Verstappen winning races. Yeah. And it's like, that's, so that must have been like... 2018, I think, or maybe 19. No way. Uh, 19, maybe it was 19, or maybe it was 18. But um, I saw, uh, I got to go in the garage. I held Lewis's trophy, I think. I think he was second or third. Um, it was made of plastic, which I found quite interesting. It was quite cheap. I kissed it, nothing happened. Oh, right. Because the tech didn't exist yet. But oh, I, I French yeah, yeah, yeah. kissed the trophy, didn't light up, didn't do anything. Oh, we've got Mexican and Brazil to come. What's the Vegas trophy going to do? If the Japanese trophy, when you kiss it, it lights up. What's the American <laughs> What's the American equivalent of that? It's just edible. <laughs> <laughs> it's made of nacho cheese and frankfurters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a hat <laughs> that has cheese sauce in it. And you just... Like Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. What's the Abu Dhabi trophy going to be? <laughs> um, just, um, I don't know. Why'd they even go to Abu Dhabi? Just It's just a map to just Dubai. End it in Vegas. Yeah. Who, that would a great end to the season that would be if we end in Las Vegas. Yeah. You know? And then you'd have Mexico, Brazil, Vegas. Done. And then, then that, yeah. I mean, I'd prefer to end in Mexico or Brazil. We must have used to, did, where, where was the... Where was the, like, where the tra- traditional final Traditional race? end for a while has been Abu Dhabi. And traditional start for a while has been Australia, which hasn't obviously happened in the same way since COVID. Mm. Um, but I would love to, I mean, the, Max is going to win Qatar at the sprint race as well, which is such a... He's going to win the championship, you mean? Yeah, it's such a boring way. Yeah. To win the season. He, 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 like we've said this before, he's, he's never going to get a proper championship win. Have we we've done before? Uh, who do you predict will be the uh, next driver who isn't Max Verstappen to win a world title? I think. It, I mean, who do you think it will be? I hope it's Lewis. Do you think he's been born yet? <laughs> it would be great if it was Liam Lawson. Oh yeah, I would be all in on that. Yeah. The good thing about this part of the season is we get to see all of the interpersonal team relationships fizz out, crumble, break. And have like a nervous uh, breakdown, basically. Mm. 
because now we're reaching the end of the season and all of the friendships that they kind of pretend are happening with the team partners, with your racing partners. They become partner. fraught and yeah. fractured. So like Alpha Tauri, we have Lawson, Sonoda and Ricardo. It's a love triangle. It's a thruple. It's an Alpha Tauri love triangle. Yeah. Ricardo's got the seat. Sonoda's kind of got a seat. Lawson doesn't have a seat, but he's part of the Red Bull family, mm. even though Alpha Tauri is not a Red Bull team. And it's a... It's well, a they've decided that Lawson is like... Right, well, he's obviously too good for the Alpha Tauri team. Yeah, and they promised him a seat in 2025, which is just, in Formula One, promises don't exist. He, they promised him a seat in 2025, and they've said it's a Red Bull seat of some description. Yeah. It's like, could be in the Alpha Tauri. It's like, how could you promise somebody a seat, and it's either going to be in the greatest car that Formula One's ever seen, <laughs> or some piece of shit that is ruining everybody's minds? <laughs> but you get a seat, though. But what kind of seat? Is it kind of going to be the kind of seat that I can fulfil my like, my wildest dreams, like and 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 make good on all my most dearly held ambitions? Or is it going to be that little sort of clown car that has ruined Yuki Tsunoda's career, mental health? Yeah. <laughs> I also think that at the back of the pack as well, Alfa Romeo and Haas, they're two teams where there doesn't really seem to be much of a uh, friction between the team members. Mm -hmm. But that's only because they're not competing. Well, Ricardo's broken his hand. Or, yeah. Uh, so there was... And he wasn't... I think there was a tension between Nick De Vries and... It, it, there wasn't an in-team tension, was there? It was a tension between Nick De Vries and Formula One. Yeah. And Formula One survived and Nick De Vries didn't. And Yuki's tried to make good on the promise of being... I, I just don't understand what success in an Alpha Tauri really looks like. Or how, I mean, I suppose it's Liam Lawson, isn't it? Yeah, well, success in an Alpha Tauri is when you race for Toro Rosso and you get promoted to Red Bull. Yeah. That's what success in Alpha Tauri used to be, mm. which was you'd go in and you go, like Max Verstappen, you go, oh my God, I'm racing for this little team. And then by the end of the season, they're like, this guy is fucking good. Let's give him a real car. Well, and I think it's quite a good idea because Alpha Romeo, what's really the point? Yeah. Uh, Haas, like... If you're going to let Red Bull have a, a team to develop drivers and to essentially have four cars, then let's do that for Ferrari and Mercedes. And at least that ha and McLaren. Uh, well, at least that Red Bull is you're promoting a, uh, an energy drink every time you step into the car. Uh, Has what the what 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 are you promoting? What MoneyGram are you going to do with all what that? What is MoneyGram? Has um, all that has. All that has inside them cars. Williams, Albon and Sargent, that, that, that's that's an interesting team dynamic because Albon at this point is the Mac Daddy of the team. They're not on the... I think he, there's an acknowledgement from both Albon and Sargent that you can see in their eyes, I think. They're not on the same team. They might both be called Williams. It's like they are they they are the Max and Checo of the lower down the pack, aren't they? Yeah. They're just not it's not on the same team. They I, just they just they've just had they've just given their cars similar paint jobs. Yeah, I That's said it. this um I said this when uh, Latifi was racing that it must be he must um must be awkward for him in hotel bars after the race. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. To be like, "Yeah, I'm a Formula 1 driver." And they go, no way, that's amazing. Who do you race for? Because I haven't seen you in Drive to Survive. I, um, I, I got, it wasn't in the edit. They edited me out. And and now with Sergeant, I don't think he even tells people that he's a, <laughs> that he's a Formula One driver. I don't think it's worth it. Because mm. they're going to go, oh, you're the guy 
that crashed every qualifying this season. It's so weird, isn't it, how he is, in terms of rank, I'd rather say that I was an F3 driver than Logan Sargent, the F1 driver. Yeah, because at least there's hope that you'll get to F1. Yeah. Right now, right now, Logan Sargent is at the very peak of his career, <laughs> and it's awful. <laughs> It's awful for him, and he's having a horrible time. I mean, we'll get to it, but it must. It, your mental health must be a. I mean, it must be insane to deal with that level of scrutiny at like twenty-three years old, however young he is. Obviously, the nature of this podcast is that these drivers and everybody involved in F one are sort of cartoon characters to us to yeah. make jokes around around their personal dynamics. But in all seriousness, he must be having an absolutely <laughs> yeah. horrible time. Yeah, it must be. And uh, uh, Gas- Gasly and Ocon, two two people who have really kept their rivalry. They've either worked it out. Or My favourite. Are they? Is that your favourite rivalry? My favourite rivalry. Yeah. Really. And I really have a side in it as well. Why? Uh, because I love Ocon, and because I think there is such a um, relatable dynamic between them. I think the you the the cocky jock uh Gasly and the ambitious nerd Ocon mm. is such a well trodden story. It's a Hollywood movie, isn't it? It's a Hollywood. It's, it's a, a detective uh partner thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the one who's con- Ocon's getting beaten down by yeah. his um by 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 his unsubtle and bullshy uh partner at the at the at the precinct. Yeah. Uh, but Ocon is the one whose steely brain will come good in the end. That or like high school bully kind of vibes. If you could go to any Formula One driver's birthday party, would it be Ocon? No, who would it be? Not. I like him a lot, but I don't want to. Really? Oh, I think his party would be really wholesome. Yeah, but his mum wanna... would bring a gratin. I don't want. Yeah, but I don't want a gratin. I'd like a gratin. I actually did have gratin. Gratin's recently. lovely. Yeah, I know. I had it. Oh, well, I had it with you in Paris. Yeah, we had. Yeah, yeah, we had some had gratin, gratin in Paris. I had gratin. In I'd Paris. love to go to. I think Ocon would be my favourite, or maybe Yuki. I'd go to Alonso's. Yeah, the, but and, and I and I just want it perfectly clear that I would be going there for the wrong reasons. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Fernando's birthday party is going to be. I mean, disgusting. He, he firstly he'd be happy to not be wearing that stupid gilet that he has to wear in every. It was really funny for the Japanese Grand Prix where they were like, Crypto.com, Fernando Alonso is a samurai and he's topless. And then it cuts to the interview and it's just an old man in a, in a, in a gilet. Mm. Well, the most important thing is the, the precision of the samurai. And like, Dude, you look like you've been gardening for the last hour. Show me your thumbs. Show me your dirty thumbs. Um, I think Alonso's birthday party would be, um, do you think it would be a bit of a shag fest? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I think Lewis's would be fun. You'd get to probably like meet Olivia Rodrigo if yeah. that's interesting to you, or or the Williams sisters. Yeah, I think they'd be there. The, the Dua Lipa would be there. Yeah, do you think Selena Gomez would be there? I hope so. I think she would I hope as well. So, yeah, um, but not Taylor Swift because they don't get along. Do they not? They've got a bit of a Verstappen Hamilton thing, haven't they? Oh, okay. I don't um, know enough about it. I know that neither of them were cheated out of a number one album by the other one. <laughs> no. But there's um, a rivalry there. Uh, George Russell's? George Russell. Result. Um, birthed, uh, yeah, he's um, his birthday, would, I think, would be, it'd be a dinner. 
and it would be a really long table. It would be in an annoyingly expensive restaurant as well, wouldn't and it? And we'd all have to split the bill, and we wouldn't split it in like. Oh no, he wouldn't split in the fractions. Bill. He wouldn't split. He'd pay, but he'd let everyone know he's paid. Okay, I'll get this. Yeah, don't worry about it. I can expense it, and it would be in a really and it would be in a restaurant that isn't that good. But it's but it's expensive. Do you know what there would be at George Russell's birthday party? One hundred percent a magician. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> McLaren. Okay, Piastri and Norris. That's a rivalry that is right at the sort of gestation and peak of pr- pretending that they love each other. Uh, yeah, they haven't. Um, uh, to quote Elvis Costello, fractured the spell as yeah. he becomes my enemy. Uh, yet have they? It's uh, going to happen. The more that they happen. compete, and the better that Piastri does. And when he becomes Mac Daddy, there will be a moment where Norris's ego starts to rupture and spill out of his carefully uh, curated person. Mm. And he will unravel yeah. and become mad. And he goes, um, I've actually got more pace than Oscar, so can we swap, please? And they just, they'll just be, no, we're happy with where we are, Norris. And he'll go, no, do not understand that who it's me. It's Norris. It's Norris. I'd like to overtake. And they'll just go, yeah, actually, Piastri's done a really good job, so can you just hang back and stop everyone overtaking? Can you use the DRS? You know how to do that. You did it with Carlos. Can you just stop them getting to him, please? And that's when it will break. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see it before the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, Aston Martin, Alonso and Stroll. Stroll and Alonso. Best friends in the world because, again, un- like. I wouldn't be surprised if Alex Albon and Logan Logan Sargent had never met. Logo Sargo. Largo Sargo. I wouldn't be surprised if they'd never met. Mar like Largo. <laughs> Whereas Alonso and Stroll, Alonso is like. You ever see a dog owner, mm-hmm. and the dog owner loves the dog like way more because it's only got three legs. <laughs> That's that's how Alonso feels about Stroll. It's like a a, a, a three legged dog. It's like, oh, it's sweet, isn't it? Because it's got no. Well, he's getting paid to to ha- and his his main colleague is like the intern, mm. isn't he? He's getting paid all this money to get in the car every weekend, and there's no competition. Like it's the best Formula One team dynamic you can possibly have, and it's great for Stroll because it doesn't matter how much damage he's caused. He, I think, he was the top purveyor of chassis damage to the car this year until Perez uh, last weekend when Perez just went go-karting. That's what going to be what LL Cool J said is in Miami next year. Yeah. The top purveyor of chassis damage, <laughs> Lance Stroll. <laughs> the top purveyor that's, of But that's what they should do when, when they introduce the drivers. In 19th place is Lance Stroll, who so far has caused $3 million of damage to his dad's car this year. But he's in no threat of losing his seat because his daddy owns the team and he fancies his stepmom. I'm not going to do it this week. I can't do it. Thank you. I can't do the. I can't keep doing it. It can't keep being funny if I do a sex scene. I think that is a rather presumptuous use of the word keep, but anyway. <laughs> um, Signs and Leclerc, that's ruined. That dynamic is ruined. They were never chums, though, were they? I think they, I think they get along very well in real life. Of course they do. No, I really do, but I think Leclerc is just... I was doing Chet Baker, but they... Signs is sort of living, I think... 
I think he really liked his relationship with Lando, but he didn't like how his relationship with Lando was captured and he didn't like what it said about him. He didn't want to be a good time guy who made friends and was nice. Yeah. He never ever wanted to have be be a, 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 the, the 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 jocular representative of bonhomie between two drivers he wanted to be a, a winner so it's almost like as soon as he got to ferrari he shut down and he became very very serious almost immediately yeah but you would get serious when you go oh my god i'm going to ferrari um hey we're going to ferrari that's good, that's hey, what, we're what... gonna have a good time and you get in and it's not a good time no and you're not the venga boys no and all of a sudden you have a fucking horrible car what no year wonder did he got the Venger Buses come in, come out? 1998. Well done. Yeah, And it still hasn't come. Yeah. We've been waiting 25 years. Yeah. The Venger Bus is coming and everybody's jumping. New York and San Francisco and inner city disco. And it's still, I've never seen the Venger Bus. Give the listener a moment to cope with the fact that that was 25 years ago, would you? <laughs> Every, everybody listening to this right now is going, oh my I know. God. It was, that was pre-Schumacher dominance. Oh Think about that. That was God. Mika Hakkinen era Formula One. Where they switched a driver and they put Mika in first place and everyone went, surely that's against the rules. And now it's just absolutely normal to switch your drivers. I They were doing a Red Bull back then. I want to live in a world where it's still like really frowned upon to do that. Yeah. We should go back to, you know, like, uh, you know, like um, nostalgia's back in. We should just have one race that's 1998 rules. Mm. It'd be really fun. It would no be really DRS. Fun. And 1998 cars. Oh. Stick a halo on the old things. Yes, get him out. Don't. Um, and I think that I think that signs as well. He stopped singing "Smooth Operator" when he got to Ferrari, and I can't figure out if that's because he was trying to be serious, or if it's because they had to start paying royalties to Chardé. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's an in, it's an interesting thing to try and unravel, but I sadly don't have the answers. Um, Mercedes and Hamilton, obviously, that partnership is in the toilet after George, George Russell got so much criticism. After I think unfairly after the Japanese Grand Prix because he he went and guys can can Lewis and I please swap can we swap please and the team went why well I think it's really good for everyone because I get to go in front yeah but how does that benefit us well at the moment we're just are we are we fighting each other or are we fighting for the win no 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 but why do you want to swap well mainly because I think it's really good for Mercedes no you don't George you just think it's good for you just say it just be honest say that you want to go first because then you get to have more points you just don't understand how lying works <laughs> just, he's lying just let him that's not very good li that's him being on like, can I go in first because I'm insecure and I want to you sound ridiculous you've got to make up a fucking stupid lie don't you um, I don't think it's that bad. Did you see the clip of George Russell and Alex Albon and Lando, Lando, Lando. hanging out and then going, oh, we, we're actually second by 40 points and oh, Hamilton's doing well. And then George goes, yeah, he's got way more points than me this season, to be fair. And he's in quite good spirits about it. He's, you know, he's, he's obviously a professional sports person or whatever you want to call Formula One drivers, he's a professional driver. He's not going to be happy that his partner is that far ahead of him. But he's also not taking it too brutally, I don't think. And he's just wildly ambitious and he's getting to the age where he feels like he should be... He, he's got the same that demented attitude and crazed will to win as anybody else. 
I think the last two races have been a real lesson for George Russell, which is that the car is obviously not a win competitive car, mm. but it's a competitive against your teammate type car now where they can battle for second, third, fourth, pl fifth place. And I think George Russell has had to come to terms in the last two races that he is racing against Lewis Hamilton. And that, I think, is enough to break you in the same way that Perez has sort of crumbled this year. I think that George is having a similar reckoning now when he overtook Hamilton. I think and George Hamilton is like seven wait. years younger than Perez and yeah, but, knows that. Yeah, but they got I to the straight. I also think that like, he will, the relationship with Hamilton, Hamilton will be more nurturing and magnanimous because he's got good PR people these days. But I think this time last year, when George was ahead of Lewis in the, in the championship points, the driver mm -hmm. championship points, I think that George was like, yeah, you know, he's 37 years old, you know, make way for the new guy. And the last two races, he's gone, oh no, he's still really... He's really fucking good. And I think he's struggling with that. I think it's only been a couple of races. It's only, Well, it's been a few races. It's been most of this season. But, uh, I mean, there was times when George DNF'd when Hamilton's picked up points. And uh, he will be finding it a little bit hard to take. But I don't think it's that mad. I think he always knew that he was in the car with one of the great drivers of all time. And with what we remember last season, we used to speak about the reason why George is outperforming Lewis is because... George is in the Mercedes and he was in a Williams and that's amazing to him. Mm -hmm. And Lewis isn't trying to deal with being in a car that isn't competitive in winning races anymore. Uh, whereas Lewis has sort of got over that now and George is probably getting a little bit impatient. So the mentality of them both has almost switched. Um, but I think in terms of them getting along with each other, they'll be fine. I think long term, I think it's okay. But I think George, I think that, George is going to have to accept soon that he's still the number two driver for the for at least the next two years. I don't think he's going to be the number two. I don't think he's going to be happy with being the number two driver for two years. No, but and I, think, I don't think he will be the number two driver for the next two years. Well, if Mercedes can't get a car, like it said in the news this week that they're going to copy, Mercedes are going to copy this year's Red Bull next year, mm -hmm. which is not a good indication as to where they're at. No. In their, in the engineering department and the aero department. Well, they've just taken a wrong turn somewhere. And created something that doesn't work. George took a wrong turn in Singapore, didn't he? Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. Because there was a wall <laughs> where he took a turn into. Do you remember when uh, Latifi just took, was it um, the Brazil Grand Prix where he just followed the wrong part of the road round? Yeah. And then went, don't know what happened there. And everyone went, oh, we do. <laughs> We absolutely... I think we should also have, as well as a Drive to Survive spin-off, we should also have Drive to Survive Juniors where we get, like, Latifi back in, we get Logan in, and they just all have to compete, all the worst drivers, PK, Sun, Stroll, and they all just have to race each other. Yeah, Formula One dregs. Yeah. All of the most... Dreg to survive. Yeah, all of the dreg drivers. Or drive to survive, with a question mark. Who would you have from drive? the last few years? Like the, drive? Of, the, the dregs of, uh, of, of each season. I mean, I'd put Rosberg in, not because he was the dregs, but I just, I would like to see Rosberg racing again. Yeah, but he'd win and it would be annoying. Yeah, but it would be fun because he'd take everything personally. He's such a sensitive little boy, isn't he? Um, Grosjean? Grosjean. Uh, yeah, I think Grosjean was better than we kind of give him credit for, maybe. But by the end, he was very much just... It was out. Yes, he, by, especially by the end. He was, yeah. very, he was very much out by the end. Um, Magnussen and Hulkenberg. Yeah. The perennial dregs. Yeah. Um, I would maybe... Uh, Kovalainen. Like to have him Over back. Overlining, that's nice. Yeah, Barrichello. I mean, Barrichello was pretty good, but I'd like to have all those people that had to just 
crumble under Schumacher's leadership. Mm-hmm. All those teammates. Gerhard Berger. Gerhard Berger. What a great name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, the Red Bull dynamic this week, I feel like, is it's so funny that Perez has had the balls to go, yeah, I've been seeing a mental health like doctor. Mm-hmm. Because, and he had a baby. So in the same week that he had a baby, and admitted to, not admitted, but opened up and went, yeah, I've been really struggling mentally. Mm-hmm. Because this is what happens when you compete with someone like Max. Which is not the first time we've seen this in Formula One, where people just can't handle the prowess of their teammate. Mm-hmm. And it's it's cruel, but it's not not funny that in the week he had a baby and then opened up about mental health specialist, Red Bull went, yeah, and also Danny's probably going to be in... Um, <laughs> In 2024. Just, so, just if you were thinking about whether you want to pay for a bundle of sessions with your therapist. <laughs> or whether you would just book them like... Because you could save some money. Because it's... Just warning you, Sergio. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. The whole mental health situation. You think you're not going to knock this out in a couple of weeks? This, no, no, Let's no. go deep. You, you're stuck with yeah. this. Also, i am started seeing a, a mental health doctor. Or I've started... They always euphemize it. They can't say therapist. Yeah. Like, it's okay. Just say therapist. Like, we all go to a therapist. Yeah. Grosjean did it. I don't. I'm fine. But, um... <laughs> but yeah, they, um... Uh, Perez... Red Red Bull said that they were... Or, or someone said that they were favouring Ricardo for the 2024 seat. And they said the words, um, mid-season or otherwise. Mm. So they're really lighting a fire under Perez's ass In yeah. what's been a very forthcoming and personal week for him. It's very Red Bull. Mm. It's so great for, and I tell you what is really great for the sport and the spectacle and our podcast, is how committed Red Bull are to being the baddies. Yeah. It's 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 absolutely fantastic. It's it's that'll keep people watching, that'll keep people into what this is. I'm 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 really I'm really enjoying it. What's your prediction for how long they can dominate for? I think next year's a given. I think next they they they'll 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 run away with it next year. Probably uh, the year after. Uh I it all becomes very hard to tell. And if you had like could we have predicted maybe you could uh Mercedes drop off. No. That was absolutely crushing last year when they were porpoising. Yeah. Buzzwords. I bet that's gone down in the social media word search as well. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Year. In the, Porpoising. In the, what's it called? The word map where big yeah. words are used words. I think, what did you say it was? I think you mean brainstem damage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the dolphin glides gracefully through the water, mm. up and down, bouncing purposefully. Yeah, it can save you if you're drowning. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas porpoise, that's just, that's just severe severe Spin. damage to yeah. the vertebrae. Yeah. Someone went in and went to the to the PR department of Formula One and went, guys, we've got serious brainstem damage happening. And they went, okay, hang on a minute. First of all, that's not the words we're going to use. And they probably brain, like think tanked it, didn't they? Yeah. Dolphin dancing? Pogoing? No, that's too much. Hopscotching. A pogo. A pogo? No, that's still implying... Jump roping. No, I think that's a little bit too much. Um, up and down friction? Um, uh, boogieing. And then obviously, because all the F1 people enjoy a yacht, one of them saw a dolphin mm. and went, look how graceful that porpoise is. Mm. And that's where they got the name from. Yeah. And it's either, it, more so it's like orca-ing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Vegas is going to be good. You know, apparently in Vegas, the um, 
the Formula One are allegedly shaking down restaurants in Las Vegas that have race views. Yes, nobody must have anything for free. Yeah. No good must come to... Like, how much money is that going to cost them? To, like, sh- to tell a restaurant that they have to charge extra and give them the money. Yeah, that particular branch of Dishoom isn't allowed to <laughs> enter, uh, have guests sit in the window. Or, uh, you, oh, yeah, we've got space in the window, but you have to put on these horse blinkers. <laughs> so it's the black doll, and you've got to wear these horse blinkers. Because you no, you mustn't enjoy the race. That's extra. Qatar predictions? Um, stroll 12. Not like I love my Qatar. While my Qatar gently weeps. I think that it's going to be a Red Bull wipeout. And no one's going to watch the race because Max will win the sprint race and win the championship. And everyone will go, well, what's the point? Also, we'll watch the race. Yeah, but we'll be here. We'll watch the race so you don't have to. Yeah. That's how we should rebrand ourselves. Dirty <laughs> air. We watch the races so you, you don't, don't have, have to. to. Um, also, uh, leave a review as well. Because um, now that the show has suddenly had like a little uh, burst of popularity. Mm-hmm. Very much like Drive to Survive, we're going to see that fall Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I'm really keen on, on keeping our five-star average. There seems to have been a lot of word of mouth where yeah. people have gone, hey, you should check out Dirty Air. And then people have checked out Dirty Air. And they're not into dirty no, air. No, we've been accused of spreading misinformation. Yeah. Which is true. Do you know, I miss the good old days when we were gatekeeping. Yeah, I know. Now we're spreading misinformation. When did that change? I don't know. I, lo- I want to get back into gatekeeping. When did we become the mainstream media? What can we gatekeep next week? Um, that There's nothing left to gatekeep in Formula 1. No, all we can do is just enjoy watching the drivers crumble as the season ends. Um, who's going to be the, uh, who's going to have the worst time in Qatar? Um, oh, well, on the track. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think all of them uh, <laughs> are going to have a bad time in Qatar. Have you seen the weather report? Um, no, what is it? Bombs? Uh, <laughs> what are they predicting? <laughs> no, no, not, no, 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 no. Almost unlivable heat. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be like 33 <sighs> degrees at night. And then there's no Seb this year to wear the LGBTQ helmet as well. No. Is there? I think that whoever's on the podium, instead of kissing the trophy... Should kiss each other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, send a message. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, but leave a review because uh, we have been getting some... Uh, we've, stinkers. We've been getting a couple of stinkers and we need the... If It, it will only take 10 seconds of your time. It will. And um, It really helps us out. And it really helps push us up the charts. And the podcast is essentially free for you to listen to, isn't and, it? Isn't and we're it? Gonna, are we going to do a live show before the end of the year? We're looking into it, aren't we? We are looking into it. The, I've the, spoken to some of my people. But if you want a live show, send us a message. Let us know what the demand is. It would be in London, in our nation's great capital. Does it have to be in London? I think so. Only because I can't be bothered to go somewhere else. I'd love to go somewhere else, but... Um, but if you want a live show, let us know. Um, we'll see you for the post-race review of the Qatar Grand Prix 2020, sponsored by Hate Crimes. I'm Josh Weller. And I'm Alfie Brown. And this is Dirty Air. Logo, Saga, 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 Saga.